Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Welcome to the People's Black Panther Party. I am your host, Mama Seven, and this is Big Mama's house. Hold on, let me get my other host on. Let's bring let's bring in that uh that big mama energy. Greetings. This is Mama Makita. Love and light, family. Love and light. How you doing? I am grand. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you for taking the time out of your ultra busy schedule to bless that mic twice in one week, you know, because we had Big Mama's house, which was uh, awesome last week. And we're turning around and we're kicking off this Ask the Millennial, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. I love this idea. I'm excited. Oh, I think we may be more excited than them. But (laughs) we are excited. Uh, We're excited because we know that traditionally the the population that has done the most moving in the movement has been the younger generation. You know, um, Dr. King was out college uh, campuses. All of the Panther founders focused a lot of their attention on the college campuses. And even now, a lot of the recruiting and activities that we um, do were invited by, you know, black student unions, African student unions that are active on campus that are looking for that leadership. Um, And, and of course, leadership is always looking for legs, you know. Um, Smart leadership knows (laughs) to get some young legs up under you because they have the energy, they have the new ideas, they have just all of that good, harnessable energy, okay? OHEADS have the facts. We have the experience, okay? Mm -hmm. And when you put the two together, you have a winning team. And so um, we've had conversations before about uh, how do we keep uh, leadership engaged, you know, how do we keep the millennials engaged? Because we know they have the time span of sometimes five minutes and then on to the next and on to the next. And so, you know, keeping everybody engaged, uh, understanding and being respectful of uh, the different positions, you know, really getting in a place where, you know, we're working as a team, not that competition, battling with each other, and so, um, you know, that's where uh, experience is supposed to weigh out. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because the reality mm-hmm. is the only way to really be successful in doing the things that we're doing is to prepare the next generation. We have to be Absolutely. willing and able to pass the torch. Yes. There's some organizations yes. you have the same secretary for 50 years. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you have yeah. the same, the same secretary tools, to too. You know, they go yeah. back to the Flintstone yeah. ages and, you know, no, oh, no. my goodness. <laughs> We're not doing that, yeah. okay? <laughs> We're not going and back it doesn't, it doesn't to... It doesn't mean that we don't appreciate that person's service. What we're saying Absolutely. is, the new generation with the new ideas, with the new energy, with the new resources, we have to be yes. able to tap into that as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, also, you know, and I argue, um, and I, I respectfully argue with the chairman all the time about um, the new enemy, okay, because there was a time where the enemy was so clear you could see it. It was like looking down the street. You could see the enemy. You could see what they were doing. You could see how they were negatively impacting you. It was very easy to see, to point at, to feel, I'm being oppressed here, I'm being denied this here, and everything else like that. It's not that clear cut anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, Unfortunately, we got agents on both sides, and we have people that are – you know, just not committed to seeing the best for our people. You know, you can call them sellouts, you can call them whatever you want. But the enemy opposition is nowhere near as clear as what it used to be. And so we need um, people with different eyes looking at, the you know, the same problem. You know, we can't keep hitting it the same way expecting a different result. So we have to kind of look into this another way and say, okay, look, um, we've been doing it this way. We've been struggling doing it that way. Let's try another technique. Let's try another way of going about this. So um, I 100%, I'm super excited about um, this new energy that's coming in uh, between the recruits that we have and then the new recruits that are coming up for orientation. Um, we, we need to have all this lining up so that uh, when it comes time to put things in place, like we are this summer, um, and we'll, when we have more information about the date for our June event in Orangeburg, right, Mom Nikita? Is it Orangeburg? Yeah, it's a CNT. So the goal is Orangeburg. <laughs> Say it again. We'll see. The goal is Orangeburg, Orangeburg but we will see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we tie down location. Hey, when we get out of shelter in place, okay, we can't do anything yeah. until we get out of this beep, beep, shelter in place. But once we get moving again and once we get fellowshipping with our peoples again, um, we have an event coming up in Orangeburg that we're going to be kicking off. And we're going to be looking at millennials that are going to be saying, hey, um, I want to be part of this positive movement for my community, and that's really what it's about. But we're, we're going to bring our, our millennial in. We're not going to keep talking about them, talking around them. We're going to see if I can bring them in and, and get them situated. Let's see if I got this. Greetings. Welcome to the program. Greetings. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing today? All right. How you doing? All right. All right. So introduce yourself, please. Um, my name is Solomon. I'm 20 years old. I go to Savannah State University, and I am majoring in social work. Yes. Yay. Okay, a couple yays awesome. on that one because we need some yes. multiple <laughs> black black male social workers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some back. Okay. 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 Yes. Represent. And um. Dear Solomon, I know that you you are a, a fairly new recruit, you know, and, and you're you're new to the Panthers and you're just getting um, your feet wet. But uh, we're really asking you to get your feet all the way in, go up to the kneecaps if you can, because uh, there's so much 
that's needed as far as getting people to understand, still understand that there's a problem going around. It's like you can see part of the problem, but you can't always see what to do about it, you know. And so your family history and, honestly, your uh, your formal education really should help you to be able to be empathetic to the community and really know kind of what's going on in our communities. Yes, yes. Mhm. Mhm. How do you do that? How do you do that now? Um it's it's really hard in school. For me, I've always seen it because of you and my grandmother and me being very observant and I was always I was really always around people that had the same kind of mindset of me. But when I went to college is when I really saw a difference in the way people acted, treated, talked, think, and everything like that. So it, it uh, college opened my eyes to a different point of view, to uh, really the world and everything. So I know what I came – I know I came into college thinking in my mindset and things like that. So I try to remember – exactly you know what's really going on and what they might say is going on to try to keep a balance so what i really because sometimes i have two songs what i what i think and what everybody else thinks so it's mm-hmm. i have that kind of balance with what i have but i try to keep my thoughts to myself sometimes because like 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 anybody would know i i would think different than another 20 year old my age that had a normal upbringing because i was far from the regular person, so that's something that I know. Mhm, mhm. I know. Um, and when it comes to areas, social areas where there's problems, we have, and and this is one of those um, areas times where uh, the chairman would come in with his political education and be able to tell us, okay, this, 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 this. But I know um, when we were speaking with uh, Chief War one time, you were telling me about how you had gotten stopped three times by the police in one week um, and, and, and just for driving your car, which is perfectly legal. I make sure that car is legal from tag to tire, you know. But three times in one week, um uh, constantly getting pulled over, constantly being harassed. Uh, and, and that's just like one area where, you know, social issues are, are present and they impact you, you know. Um, and all you're doing is leaving work. Um, there's many other times, you know, not all of them negative, but all of them just trying to let you know how serious and how this oppression isn't complete it's not over you know we have to continue working and fighting with people because it's not over you know i remember once we uh you and i were driving and you got pulled over for driving the speed limit you know and and this is this was on a sunday afternoon broad daylight um all the family going out for a ride and you were doing exactly the speed limit, 
and the police pulled you over and, and told us, quite frankly, it was suspicious to see you driving the speed limit. And so he pulled over. We're in seat belts. I mean, when I, I'm trying my best to fit into this crazy society and to follow as many of the rules as possible, and it's still getting stopped and getting what I would call harassed. And knowing that any of these situations could lead to, um, I hate to be like this, but it could lead to death. You know what I'm saying? I have to, you know, teach this. Six three, you know, two fifty, dark skinned male. How to be non intimidating to people who have already made the judgment that they're going to be intimidated. You know, so these are that's just like one small little thing that we have to work on, um, and it shouldn't be like that, but it is. You know, what other ways, you know, Solomon, have you seen it, like even in your classrooms and, and, and everything else like that, how are you seeing um, some of this uh, unjust um, unjust, and, and some of these uh, things that need to be corrected? How do you see them fitting in? Uh, I have very... I have a lot of stories. I remember me and you were driving. I'm like, you got pulled over for having low tread on your tire, and he was questioning me mm-hmm. like you was my car. Yeah, I was, I was I'm driving. In the passenger yeah. side. I'm in the passenger side. I'm not doing nothing. I don't understand why you're even worried about what I have going on. Um, on campus, it is definitely a lot. It's a lot different only because, it's kind of worse because it's not just me. It's like it's 1,500 other kids that look like me that are on campus that aren't doing anything, and there's some that are doing stuff, and it does. there's there's no room for any for the good people. So everybody gets the same bad, you're up to no good, you're doing something kind of treatment at school and on campus, and it's, 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 it's bad sometimes, especially being in Savannah, because one thing I didn't know about Savannah, Savannah is predominantly white. Did not know that because I stay on <laughs> Savannah State side of, of Savannah, and there's all exactly. black people. But the minute you leave five minutes up the street, you're you're downtown by all the white people, by all the where all the expensive stuff is, where people that, like us aren't really supposed to, in their eyes, supposed to be at all the time. I'm like, I've gotten pulled over going to Tybee just because just I was going to Tybee. I just got pulled over. He just asked me, he's like, what are you doing out here? I was like, I'm going to the beach. And he just he just looked at my stuff. He gave me my stuff back, and I went on my way. But there was no reason for him to be pulling me over. So there's definitely – it's a it's an imbalance, and there's nothing I can nothing I can really do about it me, but it's definitely an issue. I remember when I was when I was getting pulled, I was getting pulled over at my job. I was literally getting pulled over at the gate to get into the job that I worked at, which which is the only reason it made me so mad. It's like I come here Monday through Friday, and y'all see me every day. I know your names, like, and you're still pulling me over every day when I'm coming in between my lunch break. So that means I've already been back and forth for today already. And I told, I remember telling my manager, he's a black man, and he was just like, yeah, that happens a lot. And he just brushed it off. And that's, and he's like, yeah, it just happens all the time. So he kind of just brushed it off as a regular thing. He was like, yeah, they're just going to do that. But the days when I'm driving a company car, I don't get pulled over. 
I never have to worry about getting pulled over in a company car. But when I'm driving my car, it's always a problem. So it's definitely, and I told him that, and he was like, he just didn't have an answer for it. He didn't want to deal with it. So it's definitely, it's a, um, sometimes I look at things different because some black people have just become so unsensitive to the topic that they kind of try to ignore it or don't even think about it in a sense. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. some people are conditioned. They become conditioned mm-hmm. to that situation. That that's their reality, and that's what they yeah. deserve. And we know better. You mentioned um, like certain things that you just could not do about the situation, but you are doing something. You're part of this movement. Yes, you are doing something yes. because you're educating yourself to know the do's and don'ts, to know your rights, and what you can continue to do is to educate the other people that are melanated just like you. Yeah, so I applaud yeah. you for what you're doing so far because you're doing this now at the tender age of 20. I can imagine yes. where you're going to be in another five, ten years. Yes, getting you ready. So I'm, I'm ready. looking forward to watching <laughs> you grow. And mm-hmm. right now, unfortunately, having these situations and understanding them for what they are, that they are not right, yeah. and not just sitting by and accepting. So mm-hmm. thank you for being a part mm-hmm. of the movement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important, and it's important that we continue sharing. You know, this is why you need this space. You know what I'm saying? This is why I know, um, you know, speaking about the radio, this is big responsibility, um, educating the people, putting yourself out there so that people can share your experiences and so that you can gain from other people's experiences it is a big deal, and it can be a little overwhelming, but, you know, it's so important that you share with others, and, and that's why this millennial moment is going to be set up here for people, because you absolutely need to share, and people need to know I'm not the only one. People need to know we're going to um, really have some people come in and to talk about what are you supposed to do when the cops keep pulling you over? You know, because I, I had casually mentioned it to uh, Chief War, and he gave me a long list of things. Oh, well, did you do this? Did you do that? Things I hadn't thought about. And so, you know, we're going to be giving not just asking information of you and, and the millennials that are, are part of the party, but we're going to be um, really trying to give you some tools on how to handle these situations. You know, right now we're in the middle of this crazy um quarantine, and a lot of you may not know that there are resources for you, even though you're young, whether you live at home, whether you live on your own. Um, I know you on your own, um, we're, we're trying to make sure you can maintain your independence, but also you need to understand how do you go about getting help and asking for help. And so we're going to be looking at this this millennial moment right here, you know, as the millennials, this is what we're going to be trying to get you to see. Uh, we want to help you. We understand that you have a struggle that might be a little different from, um, you know, central. You know, your your struggle might be different from those that are, that are established and may even have children your age. We want to be able to help all of you because not everyone has the benefit of generations of um, social activism. So this is why you have to come into play, and this is why all of, you know, we have to have a place for these questions and these ideas to come forward because there's always going to be 
they're going to get try to get you differently because they're expecting you they're expecting you to be hot headed. They're expecting you to have drugs on you. They're expecting you to have uh, already some legal run-in. They're expecting you, you know, they have all these expectations, all these ways that they're going to trip you up. And what we have to do is make sure that you don't accidentally or intentionally trip your own self up. And what to do when you get caught up in these situations. And this is life, you know what I'm saying? But the, the value of oppression catching you up is so much greater because you have the potential. You're about to bloom. You're about to flourish. And so that oppression, that, and, and we have had conversations about even the word oppression, but the, the negativity and, and the uh, neglect and abuse and all of these things that are geared towards tearing up our community when they get the young people in there, there's an extra little twist, you know what I'm saying? And we have to work on protecting this, this population and help guiding you through hopefully some of these landmines, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, this is the People's Black Panther Party doing a radio, and this, we have two shows running right now, Okay. We have Ask the Millennials, and we also have uh, Big Mamas just doing this introduction, trying to get you situated and ready, trying to help you to understand that a lot of what you're fighting with, they were fighting with 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, but it's become trickier now. And so we, what we're going to do when we're looking at things is look at it from your point of view, you know what I'm saying? How, how do we keep you guys legal? How do we keep you um, focused at school? How do we work through, you know, Big Mama, we're looking at social issues, you know, from a family perspective. Mm-hmm. We're trying to work with the family and with the community. Uh, we need you working with the youth. We, we really need to find out how this, how this is going to work. But um, this is a collective radio program, meaning we love to hear other people's thoughts, opinions. This is the people's radio, honestly. Um, all you have to do is press one if you'd like to comment, if you'd like to add, you know, just what what you've seen as far as, you know, challenges and issues for this for those millennials, for that age group and, and how we can help them. You know, because I'm doing the program with pen and paper, I'm taking notes because I wanna make sure that every time you see this come up, we're giving them some knowledge, we're giving them something that they can build from. Exactly. I have a quick mm-hmm. question for you, brother. What is something that you feel that we can give you right now that you need? Not what we say we're going to give you as resources or things, but something that you feel you need from Big Mama's house. Mm. So that way we can get it and provide you exactly what you need and more. So what do you think? Um... Off the top of my head, I can't really think about anything necessarily because I feel like I've, I've done this through trial and error already, and I've been told multiple times. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I don't know necessarily if there's anything else that I'm missing at this point is going to be an issue. So um, I don't think I need anything. 
I, I love the way that okay. I don't think I need. That that means we'll have to help fill in the gaps for you there because I'm sure there's more things that you need. <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get it filled in. You know, um, but it's important that you know that you have a place to get this information. You know what I'm saying? It's important. One thing mm-hmm. I, I do really appreciate you is your honesty. You have an honesty about you that's like, hey, I don't know the answer. And if we can get your generation to keep that honesty, hey, I don't know the answer, that at least lets us know, okay, we got to do some research because I promise you with this party right here, there's an answer to be found, okay? We got an answer for you, you know. We're going to come with three or four different angles. We got this. So I want you to, you know, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so it, it will get that for you. But we have a caller that would like to speak. Um, and so hold on for just a second. Let's see. Greetings. Welcome to the program. Greetings. Greetings. Oh, wait. I Greetings. Can Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Are you good, one of the, our women? How are y'all doing? Yes, I am. Okay. Now, how do you feel? Um, how, do you ever feel like there's still a need for social, you know, intentional social uh, activities, intentional social help? You know, do you ever feel that or see that? Absolutely. Um, especially when it comes to people my age. Um, I think Mm -hmm. if we see more people in my age, um, you know, doing the things like this, it, you know, brings out more social awareness and, you know, having us talk and have a safe space for us. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 And when you say about your age, how how old are you, Sudan? I'm 25. Okay, 25. So... We got 20 and 25 where there's still some needs. Now, I can tell you there's needs from two. <laughs> Actually, with the way, the way these abortions are running around, we got problems from zero before they even get here to the way that our senior citizens are treated in, in nursing homes. So it goes from truly birth to death when it comes to needing something, needing information, needing support, needing resources. And so all of that's there. We're trying to create a place where you can get that taken care of, where you can have that safe place, you know. Um, And I I think this is going to be a wonderful moment. But the thing about it is, you know, we need you to not be afraid to reach out. Don't sit here. And, and accept poor treatment, you know. Right. Mhm. Mama Makita, what, what do you what do you see in that? There's something for all of us to learn, mm-hmm. and looking forward to us collaborating together. Um, Amen. And live a little bit longer. I promise you, you'll have the questions for us. <laughs> Okay. We have questions for you on how to share the wisdom um, where it's going to be received. So we need you just as much as you need us. So I'm I'm looking 
forward to this collaborative effort. Yeah, and absolutely. I also think about you know tiny humans in my family. I have four yes. of them yet. Four, four grandboys, you know, five of them. Four grandboys, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. all flavors. And I, right. I fear for them. I mm-hmm. shouldn't, but I'm just being realistic about certain things. So this is why, you know, we talk talk to people about the importance of working together as a family, you know, staying prayed up, doing those things together, yeah. getting the information because we're going to need it. Some people, you Absolutely. know, we see so many things on the TV like, oh, it, well, that happened there, that happened there. We don't need hmm. to wait for it to fall in our lap for us okay. to say this is our problem collectively. Okay, what state okay. it happened in? You know, that's right. Just like whatever, <laughs> you know. That's you right. Know, we just that's have right. to really be realistic that that brother's problem or that sister's problem over there is equally our problem here. So what can we do to be preventive? What can we do to be supportive on that end? Um, so I'm just looking forward to working together. Amen. That's that's wonderful. Now let me ask you, um, sister, before I, I click your mic, do you do you see opportunities where you can be where you can do work where you can be a positive um, outlet for your community? Absolutely. Um, because okay. of social media and because of, um, you know, my age range, we're, we're always on social media. If we use those mm-hmm. platforms to, to get messages out, to, to reach out um, to each other, mm-hmm. it, it can definitely be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it can, too. I think it can, too. I, I'm looking forward to you um, doing more and because I, I really do. You know, we need all types. You know, it, it takes all types. You know, when if you were to listen to the radio programs every Sunday, every Sunday there's something totally different and unique coming on because this is how diverse we are as a people. And so there's always going to be something and someone where we can um, have uh, more information come out, where we're going to have more unity, more everything. So thank you for calling in and sharing with us, and and I'm hoping that you know you take it when we do our recruiting and do orientation that you'll be a part of that. So um, keep your ears Absolutely. open for that. Okay? Thank you. Awesome. I surely awesome. will. Sounds good. Thank you. I'm excited. Okay, I said Look. it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, I'm really excited. Look. Like. I'm so excited. Awesome. I'm looking forward to sitting in on yeah. one of their trainings on something. Yeah. I just want to be in the back. Look. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I want to. Because well, I'm just one. so excited about their future. I you know, because the have one of their the best training programs. <laughs> I'm just excited. Yay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we have some of the best training platforms, okay? If there's a, a date out there, I promise you, we got it. And so in the middle of all of that, to, to I want to hear what they're going to ask, what questions they're going to ask. Because, you know, uh, when, when I went through, I had one mindset, and then um, you had a different mindset. So I want to know what these millennials are going to be bringing to the board because they are they're wired differently. And that's something I think we need to respect and you know, take advantage of. Mm-hmm. 
But we have exactly. another caller that's coming in, so I want to grab the caller. Greetings, welcome to the show. Greetings. Oh, power to the people. Oh, power to the people, brother. How are you doing? All right. This is Chief War, isn't it? All yes, right. Yes. So I got a, I got, a, I got a question for the youth, and and okay. it's more or less so that I can try and understand certain dynamics in regards to how it's dealt with now versus when I was at age. Um, and basically, what it is is. I also started working with the uh, the uh, Black Panther Party when I was in my 20s, in my uh, mid-20s. Mm. But the thing that I noticed when I was growing up, and the question I got for them is, is there a this, this distinct isolation that you find yourself in as it applies to having being someone who actually is pursuing social change in a community and social act, action in the community? versus your peer group who's basically trying to, you know, party, make money, figure out, you know, what they're going to be in their life. Or, you know, they're basically on a career chase, but that career chase mm. leaves them completely away from even having, having, caring, caring about, you know, dealing with the community. Because once you decide that you're going to be impactful in the community, it tends to take away, at least in my scenario when I was young, it took away from a lot of the the dream and goal chasing that I had as a youth, so that's my question. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, really now does it death a cat Hold on, hold on. I can't hear you. So, start over, because you were kind of okay. going in and it's, out. It's a different aspect. I can see um, my biggest thing is I feel my personal opinion. I feel like it's intertwined together, but that's only because I'm my major is social work. So if I'm already in the community now, when I get out of school, I'm already going to have a presence in the com- community that I want to work in. So for me, it was like the community work that I'm doing for free now is how I want to get my money in the, in the end game anyways. So it becomes, it becomes doing what you love, and you still are you're still chasing your career. But definitely for the people that aren't doing stuff like that, um, you still you'll in college you're, you're going to do some community work. Um, now the question is, are you doing the community work because you want to do it, or are you doing the community work because you want it to look good on a resume that you're going to present to a job so you can get the money that you want? And that's my biggest problem with the people doing the community work because especially with the organizations, the organizations on our campus requires community work. And I feel like, yeah, it's good for the community, but in the long run, if the, if the, it was required, I know for a fact they wouldn't do it. And I feel like that's why I feel some type of way about the, them doing community work because it's not, if my biggest thing, if it's not genuine, don't do it because these people really depend on people coming out here and helping them and assisting them with things that they need. So it's definitely, it's you're going to find yourself doing it, but it's always just boils down to are you really doing it for the right reasons, and are you going to do, are you going to continue to do it even if there's no benefit from it? Mm-mm. That's a great well, answer. Some of the students they've never really, never really had that opportunity. See, you grew up mm-hmm. in an environment where there was an expectation of giving back mm-hmm. to the community. So. 
prefer mm-hmm. is that when people go and they have to do this mandatory community service, that they find a love in there, and then they will continue mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a, it's definitely a double sword. And, and Chief War, I, mm-hmm. I still have your mic open, okay? I definitely okay. see it as a double sword because a lot of these organizations, they need volunteers. Sometimes they just need two legs to go walk this year and go do this, you know, and so um, it helps when their heart is in it. But um, sometimes these organizations, they just really need a body to help because they can't, you know, afford to pay or whatever. Um, And, you know, just like, you know, social work, teaching, education, um, counseling, like uh, me and Mama Kita do, these are passion jobs. You have to care. You have to be involved and stuff like that. So I like the idea that your passion and your work should co-mingle. They should work together. There shouldn't be any conflict in that, you know, um, because when there's conflict, you're going to choose one or the other, and then that's, you know, it's something that you may grow up with regrets or whatever. I know I was part of my um, black student union back in uh, back in my day, and, um, you know, this is the work that we did and uh, about your age. And, and most of us that have been in this movement any length of time had some type of organization, whether it was on campus or whether it was, you know, just a, a local community organization where they worked to um, for the community, for the benefit of the community in an African or a pan-African way. And so, um, yeah, I'm hoping that, that that you continue that and that you inspire others to do it too. We have to try to keep that going. You know, uh, I know you're under a bit of pressure. We were kind of laughing and joking about some of your classes, how you're the only guy in a class of uh, 50 students and how, you know, you said there's a lot of pressure to represent for the men and, and everything else like that. But, you know, this may be something that you have to do on a number of fronts, period. You know, this is just, this may be just part of the challenges that African-American men are going through right now where um, so many of them are getting caught up in the system, you know, caught up in incarceration, caught up in drugs, you know, just having these big lapses of time, especially right here when young people make mistakes, it's not a crime, it's just a mistake. Um, so how do you feel about, you know, kind of being singled out? Because even in our family, you're a little singled out. In your uh, field of study, you're singled out. You know, how do you feel about um, kind of rep- holding that banner up? Um, like you said earlier, I'm six three, two fifty, and dark skin, so I've been standing out since ninth grade. So it's not anything new. I know that I always will have certain people eyes on me wherever I go, and sometimes I like it. Sometimes it's irritating. Sometimes it gives me motivation. Sometimes it makes me nervous and I mess up. Uh, it definitely just depends on who I might surround myself with or what I'm doing at the time. But I always know that I definitely, 
I, I carry you. I've always known that it's there. It's not something that I'm surprised about at this age. So it's not like I'll be surprised if I walk into a room and, and now I have, you know, everybody, Walmart security following me around to make sure I don't take anything. But um, I I definitely know. I, I know. I, I, I handle it well. I don't really worry about it. I try not to think about it, honestly. I try to just – I try to maintain my focus and try to do what I came to do. But I definitely, in the back of my head, I always know that I have a, a certain, a different look than everybody else, and I have a different kind of eyes looking at me all the time. Yeah, you used to be followed around the Walmart, and you worked at the Walmart. And so I used to work there. Like, I used to work there. Don't let you, me take my vest off. Right. You're followed around the same organization that you work at. So this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about where we have to start bringing more awareness to this. We have to start challenging people in the way they think, you know, just just because, you know, we'll be in Hobby Lobby and I'll have my, my youngest son who's 14. Now, he's a big 14, but he's 14. And and I'll see security following him. And, I, and I'm like, look, he's 14. He's not going to steal a bunch of beads, okay? We're in the beading section, okay? Now, we were in the Hot Wheels, you know, I mean, come on. This is not video games. These are not electronics. These are not iPhones or tablets. These are beads for jewelry, okay? I can watch him. He's not stealing any beads. But um, it's, just, it's just things like that that unfortunately have become the norm, and we have to put some changes into that. And the changes come from people like you who, one, don't steal it. You know what I'm saying? You, you, we have to make sure we're rising above their expectations and and every time we rise above the expectation, we're challenging their norm. You know, like Mama Kita said, look, just the fact that you're here willing to stumble and trip, it says, says a lot for who you are and, you know, what kind of person you are, you know, because we're not expecting you to be perfect. We know that, you know, we're not looking for that, but trip with us a little bit. You know, I have a question for uh, Chief War. If I if I can ask you a question, Chief. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so as you were getting started about in your twenties, the same as I was getting started about in my twenties, it did pull me to the side. Um, it, it did. Um, I didn't do my sorority and African Student Union at the same school. You know. Um, that was not looked upon like you can do community service, but you can't do it like that. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, there there were some differences. I was you you don't go to the cool parties when you are rocking your red, black, and green. You know, um, it, it did feel like almost like a constant confrontation that I was preparing for uh, doing that work, not just with. Um, the outside people, but also people in the organization, you know, just constantly challenging you, you know what I'm saying? How do you think that that shaped who you are as a person um, being that committed that young? I would say it basically just helped me to uh, strengthen my my character and self-confidence as well as knowing what I wanted to be was not reflected upon um, a, a paycheck. Um, but okay. and now in saying that as well, I, to DeVry, 
you know, and at the time was like it's a college, but at the same time it's looked upon as a trade school. So right. I didn't actually have a traditional college uh, upbringing background um, as well as I didn't come from a family that, that went to college. My parents didn't go to college, but they were well educated. My father was actually the first uh, black um, um, electrician in the Dallas Independent School District. So mm-hmm. I kind of sort of followed in his footsteps in terms of not, going, not necessarily dealing with high voltage, but I dealt with low voltage, but I, and I went to you know, study the electronics. So that's what I majored in. But as I looked around uh, in terms of, you know, me even being involved in a party and having a major in electronics, there was, there was a, in, in my situation, there was, there was a conflict because here I am engaged mm-hmm. in love and social work, but my career path didn't necessarily match up. So, and other people that I dealt with in my career path were, you know, none engaging at all and, and didn't, didn't care anything in regards to social issues going on in communities. So I found myself to be an oddball. But being an oddball was one of the things that attracted me to the party because the party, when when I heard about the Black Panther Party, I was in, in that stage of my life where I was rebellious anyway, and I, wanted to, and I wanted to do things that other people hadn't done. So that in itself attracted me to the party. And that's and mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of uh, ended up developing more so with me is, is and even when I came to the party, my 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 thing was to always try to be innovative and be different in terms of just the the traditional background of the party. So I mean I didn't I didn't necessarily grow up in a pro black household. I didn't know any Panthers growing up, you know. So I didn't fit any any of that role model. But it was just it was just their their upright posture and they're uh, willing to take on things in terms of, the, you know, going against the eye, going against the grain that attracted me. Now, that is what I did grow up with because, again, my father, you know, constantly had to battle with racism just by trying to be the first black, black man, you know, in, in the field of, of um, um, electricity. And so he was rebellious. My mother was a nurse, a young nurse, and so from that same instance, they, I still was brought up with a, you know around surrounded by parents that that was heavy on education, but at the same mm-hmm. time the rebellious spirit is what attracted me as in, in terms of the party, and that's what I carried on with me. But there was a continual constant battle as to how do I earn my living and advance within my career, and at the same time to dedicate my time and my and my power and my my essence to the party. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I dealt with, you know, in, in my own in my own way. Well, explains a lot. Okay, <laughs> as long as I have known you, that's the first time that that question's come up, and that explains a whole lot. You know, getting having that rebellious. You know, um, we always say we can't have a revolution without a resistance. You know, you know, you have to resist. There has to be a rebel. You know, you have to, you know, refuse. You know, all of those things are have to be in place in order for that revolution to come in. And so you found a platform for that energy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Mom Nikita, how old were you when you got involved? Because I know you've been with a couple of uh, uh, national organizations and everything else like that. Do you remember how old you were when you got situated, when you got started? Uh, 
think I was 18. Mm-hmm. I was in college. Yeah. So I was 18. And um, they kind of had a defunct <laughs> black organization on campus. So a group mm-hmm. of us got together, together and we formed um, Ujamaa. And and we started uh-huh. doing some really good things there at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. And it was interesting because <laughs> um, the cop school, so here you have uh-huh. us coming through. And it's like, uh, okay, so we're going to have to shake this up a little bit. But it was beneficial because I got to all, also see the other side and why they did certain things. And a lot of it was just pure fear. Yeah. They feared us. You know, and that was around yeah. the time of, um, who was that, Amadou Diallo, when he was murdered. Um, yeah, So yeah. we had a lot of yeah, activities yeah. and things going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, just that quick, our lives got turned upside down. So yeah. being able to have that platform where we were able to get together we were able to discuss those things. We were able to put some demands upon the school um, for safety. Mm-hmm. And even it got to the point that certain courses were mandatory in order for you to get into or remain in law enforcement. So some Absolutely. of these areas awesome. is like you can barely have a high school diploma and mm-hmm. you now have the right to interrupt someone's life based on a suspicion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Without being properly trained in mental health, without you know being properly trained in a whole lot of other areas, um, that's why we had mm-hmm. incidents where you had disabled people that were assaulted in their home, in their yard. <laughs> you know, you you break in your yard, and this man right. is deaf. So it's like all of these other different situations. So um, when I started, it, it was just so much going on, and I was just ha- happy for the outlet. I always knew I was different. Right. It was like, okay, I became the queen of I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody say. I'm going to say something anyway, right. so I'm going to really give you something to say. So I, I just right. became a part of things. And when I moved down to South Carolina, oh. <clears throat> I joined another organization, um, which had its benefits. Uh-huh. <laughs> it had its uh-huh. benefits. But then at the same time, there were issues where people didn't pass the torch, and how do you expect to get this young energy in if you're not move, willing to move to the side? You right. know, no one is telling right. you to sit down. Just move to the side and put this person next to you so they can learn what to Just do. Just put them next to you. Absolutely. We're not saying give yeah. up your, your golden chair, but good grief. Can someone look over your shoulder so we know how to run the minutes to the meeting when we get back together? Can we do it like that? Yeah, you know, I remember uh, my start was down in Miami, and so we dealt with a lot of international things, um, the Haitian, Cuban, and all all of that. So, you know, I sit back and I, I think about the millennials as the three of us share how we got started and those passions that drove us, and they drove us to be different, and they drove us to stand out, and they drove us to work in our communities um, like we were working for ourselves, and I think about their beginning story to these millennials and to where they'll be able to say, you know, I remember this platform that I was part of, and this was my first effort to create um, positivity in my community. 
you know, this is my first time doing this and doing that. And so, you know, I sit back and I'm, like, excited thinking about their beginning stories. Like, we have our beginning stories. Um, I knew I programmed this the show to be short on purpose because <laughs> I just wanted to do a quick introduction and to let, you know, our our people's um, people's party know and introduce this millennial idea that's coming up. But now I see my time ticking. I'm like, oh, so um, Solomon, wrapping up this your first show. You know, this is this has been a handoff. You've had, you know, at three <laughs> three of your top members, okay, three of your of your leadership come to really, you know, welcome you to uh, producing on these levels and stuff like that. How do you feel about, you know, being able to come and give voice to this this age, this moment, this? Uh, how do you feel about all of that right here? So good. I definitely feel like I bring a um a different perspective because I actually want to say something first. Uh, a different perspective because I was just brought different when everybody was sharing their story. It was um always like we said kind of um rebellion that that created them <laughs> to join but mm-hmm. this generation it's really different because like i my manager like my name we in a you're going in and out and it's like i said i have a uh, i have a white manager i said he's he's irish um we sit in the van and <laughs> our jobs like hours a day we don't have any issues um i have a lot of different kind of friends i definitely and they have their different points especially with uh with everything going on now um in voting and everything they talk about the different things i'm gonna with them but really have i don't have it will and i feel like sometimes that it can be perceived that um, the Black Panther Party might have an ill will towards other people of color just based off of general ideas, and I don't think that's true. Or at least for me, I don't have any ill will towards anybody unless they give me a reason to or anything like that. But um, I definitely feel like I have a different perspective generally mm-hmm. because things have definitely changed, and I'm just to see where we go from here. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I remember uh, <laughs> you're talking about like, St. Patrick's Day, and you're like, I am not Irish, okay? <laughs> you know, I don't want to stop you from enjoying St. Patrick's Day, but, you know, that, that may not be my kind of party. You know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, we have so many negative uh negative views are out there. The music out there is trash. It says trash message. We got, you know, we're over-sexualizing our girls, our our guys. We're glorifying thug and murders and everything else like that. I'm looking forward to us presenting a different type of understanding when it comes to who our youth is, who our youth are. You know, that those those may be parts of our youth. And, you know, Chairman Yanga, he does that 
the street tribes and he reaches out to the people and blah, blah, blah. He does that. He has passion for them, and that's wonderful. Um, at the same time, that is just one segment of our population. We have a lot of population, and so, and a lot of different types of people, and we have to have a place for all of us. All of that is Panther related. You know, all of this, you know, so when we're talking about whether we're talking about street tribes, whether we're talking about police harassment, whether we're talking about, you know, our home issues, and Big Mama trying to take that house, to get that house together, whether, you know, and I want to thank, you know, Chief, where you on the line, I want to thank you for all the research you've been doing on this corona thing because I really am not educated on it. You know, people have been telling me tidbits, but I have to believe half of it. So, you know, I really appreciate the shows that you've been doing to bring more awareness and letting us know how this is impacting us economically, socially, how it's moving us forward, how it's moving us back. And so, you know, that's part of the diversity of this party and of the programs that you're being offered. Um, Chief, when are we going to have more information about um, this corona thing as we're wrapping up the last couple of minutes? Uh, we're talking about uh, we're possibly going to be doing a show this Saturday, um, and and we'll get into a little bit more of that. But we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of establishing the will and the appetite and the um, the um, mindset to deal with power and power structure okay. as as we move forward in the black community. And this is one of the things I think we have to recognize, especially now, mm-hmm. to uh, the level of codependency that we found ourselves uh, facing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, codependency is correct, as, as we're all finding out. We are, you know, people say, oh, we want two or three paychecks away from uh, homelessness. Well, we've already missed two or three paychecks, okay? So where are we at? What are we doing? What's going on? What is this power? What is the, this new power structure that's coming in? So please let, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that, whether you get that done um, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever. I'm looking forward to that conversation. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Mama Makita, thank you so much for taking time out your evening to, to welcome in this new energy and, and give us all those words of advice and everything that you always do in your big mama way. I appreciate you. Thank y'all. I'm honored to be a part of it. And like I said, I'm just excited. I can't wait. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Awesome. You know the old, the old women in the church that just sit there fan and look and talk about, mm-hmm. Okay. Watch mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Watch them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, and it's important yes. that we support our youth, you know, through your child. That's right, era. We're not perfect. I promise you, we've all done some stuff we yeah. had no business doing. But you learn from it. Look. And you move forward. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'll survive. You'll dust you off. <laughs> Put a helmet on you. You'll survive. You'll survive. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again. And I'm looking forward to that broadcast, Chief Ward. Thank you so much, everybody, for your time. Peace. All power should be. All the people. All to the people.